Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Tryon. I'm Jeff Harris. I'm the pastor here at First Baptist, and I'm grateful for you joining us today. I must say, podcast might be a bit of a stretch because really this is our weekly sermon, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this week's sermon. I will give one word of warning, though, especially to those of you who are driving. Sermons um, from time to time tend to put people to sleep, so if you're driving, be real careful. We don't want you to fall asleep, because we'd love to have you tune in next week. (laughs) I hope you enjoy this week's sermon, although enjoy is really not the intended outcome of a sermon, but I am grateful that you took the time to listen, and I hope you have a great week. I'll catch you next week. May the peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. We welcome you to First Baptist Church on this second Sunday of Advent. We are grateful that you are here with us. Whether that is in person or whether you are gathering online, we are grateful that we can be together in this way. If you are a guest with us, we are especially grateful to have you with us. And if this is your first time in worship with us, we ask that you fill out a welcome card. It's in the pew pocket just in front of you. And then if you would place that in the offering plate later in worship, then we will know that you were here. Let us take a deep breath. Let us still ourselves and ready ourselves for the worship of God. Look, the world is always ending somewhere. Somewhere, the sun has come crashing down. Somewhere, it has gone completely dark. Somewhere, it has ended with the knife, the gun, the fist. Somewhere it has ended with the slammed door, the shattered hope. Somewhere it has ended with the utter quiet that follows the news from the phone or the television or the hospital room. Somewhere it has ended with a tenderness that will break your heart. But listen, this blessing This blessing means to be anything but morose. It has not come to cause despair. It is simply here because there is nothing a blessing is better suited for than an ending. Nothing that cries out more for a blessing than when a world is falling apart. This blessing will not fix you will not mend you, 
will not give you false comfort. It will not talk to you about one door opening when another one closes. Instead, it will simply sit with you among the shards and will gently turn your face to the direction from which the light will come, gathering itself about you as the world begins again. It may be dark now, but surely the light is coming. Let us pray. <clears throat> Father, because of your great love to us, we have come from the darkness to the light. Lord, as we wait for the coming again of the Christ child into our lives this Advent season, may we have a renewal, excitement, and expectation of allowing Christ to work in and through us to serve those in our midst who are in need. May we have a longing to know you more fully, to seek your presence in our daily lives. And may we respond to your coming to us as Mary did with joy, glorifying your name and all that we are called to be. In your holy name we pray. Amen.
Advent begins in the darkness. We wait in the darkness, expectantly, longingly, anxiously, thoughtfully. The darkness is not always our enemy. In the darkness of the womb, we were nurtured and protected. In the darkness of the womb, the Christ child was made ready for the journey into light. You are with us for God, in darkness and light. Time for children's time. Scoot down just a little bit so I can talk without my mask on, okay? It's a little bit further. Well, hi, girls and boys. And welcome to the children's time. Let's make it special, all right? Turn down the lights in the sanctuary. Oh, now that's nice. Now we have our candles up here that are lit. And the candles here are lit. And the tree looks so pretty. Let me ask you this. Back when Jesus' time did they have electricity? No. No. No, they didn't have any electricity. And did they have flashlights? No. 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 Uh, so, uh, how did they read at night? Yes? An oil lamp. Or they had 2020 vision. Okay. <laughs> well, let's get that oil lamp, okay? I brought one along right here. Let's see what an oil lamp would be like back in the time of Jesus, okay? Here's our little oil lamp. Now, oil is kind of hard to light sometimes. Bear with me one second. Now, if you were a little kid back in Jesus' day, and Mom told you to go outside at night and bring something back in, you might carry a little lamp like this in your hands, kind of like your pocket flashlight, you know? Now, what did they burn in this lamp here to make it burn? What was it? What? Oil. Where did the oil come from? Oh, yeah. Where did the oil come from? It came from the olive tree. Now look right up here. Here's our olive tree, right there. And our olive tree produces olives, and they crush the olives, and they make a nice oil out of it, and they put it in the lamp, and then they light the wick, and it burns. Now, what else do you do with olives? 
eat them? And can you put olive oil on your skin? Oh, I bet there are a lot of ladies right here who have olive oil on their skin this morning that was in the moisturizer that they put on. A little bit of olive oil. And olive oil on your hair. It makes your hair look so good. So olives, back in the time of Jesus, gave them light, gave them food, gave them a lubricant, gave them all kinds of wonderful things. Right now, in Jesus' life, he's not born yet. So let's check out our manger scene right here. And oh, well, there you go. Empty. And here's our Mary right here. And she's actually pregnant right now in the life of the church with Jesus. So Jesus' light is with Mary. And we'll put her right here in front. And he's not born yet. So we're just waiting on him. So we got the promise of the light here in front of us. And he's coming. And soon it'll be nice and bright. And we'll have Jesus among us. Won't that be neat? Put your hands together, bow your heads, and say with me, Dear Lord, thank you for the light of Christ. Amen. Okay, we go back now. The responsive reading this morning is from Luke 1, verses 68 through 79. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. To give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, 
the dawn from on high will break upon us. To give life to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. going to read Philippians 1, 3 through 11. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart, for all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full of insight to help you to determine what is best so that in the day of Christ, you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and the praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
from Luke chapter 1 verses 39 through 45. In those days Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting the child leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and explained with a loud cry Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. This is the word of the Lord.
I thank my God every time I remember you. I thank my God every time I remember you. Every time? I mean, every time? That's a lot, Paul. <laughs> every time is a lot. When, when I was serving my first church, we, we had a homecoming service each year. And about maybe three years into my pastorate, we invited my predecessor to come and preach. And I wasn't exactly sure how that was going to go. I felt a little awkward inviting him because there had been this really significant conflict and split before I came. And it had been really difficult for this former pastor. In fact, it was so difficult that when he finally accepted a call to a new church, one of his detractors drove across the state of Virginia to this new church and tried to persuade the church to no longer call him to be their pastor. He went and said all these crazy things about him. Um, so, I mean, it was pretty bad. <laughs> It was a pretty bad conflict, and so when I offered the invitation for him to come and preach, I wasn't exactly sure what he would say, but he was really grateful for the opportunity. He seemed really grateful to, to be there, and when he, when he stepped into the pulpit to read the text from which he would preach that day, well, guess which text he used? He used this, one's from, this one from Philippians 1 that you just heard. And as he read that, I thank my God every time. I thought, really? Every time? Because, man, I know what you went through. I don't think that's what I would have thought if I were him. I'm not even sure I would have come back. It would have probably been like this. I think I probably would have thought, I thank my God every time I remember that I'm no longer your pastor. I think that's what I would have said. I mean, that seemed believable to me, right? <laughs> but actually, after having been at that church for a few years, I, I actually understood what he meant. He was truly grateful for the folks who were there. He was, he, was, he was deeply grateful for those folks because the truth is it was really just a handful of detractors who had caused all of this conflict. And the truth is, here's what, here's what I love about this guy. He had enough grit that he did not let them run him out of the church. He stayed until the detractors left. And, and so the detractors left and things got a little bit more stable and then he, he found another church and went on. So I give him a lot of credit for that. And, and I'll never forget when I was interviewing that church, and they were very forthright about the conflict they had had, and they, they told me a lot about it. And they seemed like good, honest people. And, and one of them, I clearly remember saying to me, after they go through this whole conflict and they tell me all about it, and they, they said, but you don't have anything to worry about because all the troublemakers left. And I thought, okay, I'm young, but I'm not that dumb. I don't buy that. <laughs> for a minute but you know what it was the truth it really turned out to be the truth 
Those people were wonderful. And indeed, the troublemakers, the detractors, they, they, they weren't there. And so when he stepped into that pulpit and he said, I thank my God every time I remember, it was the truth. Because those people, those people had stuck with him through thick and thin. They had been there with him through these hard times. And you know what? When people are there with you in hard times, when they stick with you, you don't forget this. You don't forget them. It's these kind of people, in fact, that make life possible. If we didn't have people that we could count on, if we didn't have people who would really be there for us, not just at our best, but when our chips are down and they're still there, when we're at our worst and they're still there, you have to have folks like this. Paul felt that way about these folks from Philippi. They'd been with him. And even though he was in prison, he felt like they were still with him. There was this deep connection because they shared in God's grace. And so, so there was this deep friendship there between Paul and this congregation. And there's also, I think, this deep friendship between Mary and Elizabeth. I mean, how could you not have this unique friendship when you have these uh, unique presence, uh, pregnancies, right? These rather unique presence, pregnancies. <laughs> Having a hard time with that. And unique is to put it lightly, right? I mean, so Elizabeth and Zachariah, they're both getting older. They had no children, and at this point in life, they did not expect that they would ever have any children. It just wasn't going to happen for them, and then it did. <laughs> Zechariah had this encounter with an angel, and the angel tells him that Elizabeth will bear a son, and they shall name this son John. And this was too much for Zechariah to wrap his head around, and so the angel makes him mute for the entire pregnancy, which was also a great gift to Elizabeth, right? I mean, she was like, well, I can do this. I can do it. I don't have to listen to him any of this time. And of course, Mary's pregnancy, even more unique. She also gets word about this pregnancy from an angel. And she gets the most astounding news that I imagine anyone could ever receive, and that is you will have a child, and your husband will not be the father of the child because God will be the father of this child. And that would probably take a little while to get your head around, I would think. And so Mary goes away for a while to spend time with her cousin Elizabeth. These two women, they're carrying these babies, and they need each other. And they are joyous and amazed, and they are shocked and scared all at the same time, <laughs> which is often how that goes, right? But they have each other. They have each other. And they go through this experience together. When I look back on my life and reflect on how God has been most present in my life, when I have experienced God most clearly, 
This has almost always happened through other people. It's almost always how it happens. That God's presence is found through other people. Now, I realize that the incarnation, this God becoming flesh event, that's a, that's a one-off, that's a unique event. It only happened one time. And yet, I'm convinced that it happens all the time. Not, not to that extent, right? But it happens all the time. Every time we experience joy and grace and hope through other people and with other people, this God who is revealed in Jesus is somehow present. We catch glimpses of this God through each other. The friend in whom you can confide... The friend that you trust, the friend who sticks with you through thick and thin, to, to have such a friend is to experience the presence of God. This obviously doesn't mean that your friend is God, right? But it does mean that friendship is one of the primary ways that we experience God. Through each other. This, this theology is incarnational. This God is incarnational. This God is relational. Eugene Peterson said it this way. He said, like the sacramental use of water and bread and wine, friendship takes what is common in human experience and turns it into something holy. You see, friendship, it is a holy gift. It's sacred. And in this season, when we are often wondering, I mean, what do we, what do we give to each other? Many of the people that you're wondering, what do you give to? You're wondering that because they already have everything that they really need or want, right? I mean, what do you really give? What's important is the, the, the gift of yourself, the gift of friendship. That's what we're called to give. And, and that's actually what it means to love our neighbors, to be friends. I, I think sometimes that word love can be a, a little bit confusing and sometimes it can be overwhelming. And maybe we get a little uh, con confused about what does it really mean to love people, to love each other. Well, it looks like friendship. That's what love looks like. You, you leave the house on a Monday morning and, and you say to yourself, you know, you're starting the work week and you, you think, all right, I'm going to really try and love the people that I encounter this week. And to, and to be honest, that, that's... That's a pretty rough way to start Monday morning, isn't it? I mean, Monday morning is kind of rough enough as it is, but you, you set this goal for yourself, and I've got to love these people? I mean, that's kind of a high bar. That's a high bar on a Monday morning. So instead, maybe if you just reframe that a little bit, and you think, you know what? Everybody I run into this week, I'm going to treat them like a friend. Or, or better yet, I'm going to be their friend. Whoever I encounter this week, I'm going to be... Their friend. And you know what? That almost seems possible. I mean, I'm, I might even could do that. 
Be a friend. Last Saturday, I was, I was able to spend the day hiking and hanging out with a few of my longtime friends, and we don't see each other very often. It's been a while since we've seen each other. Two of them live in Winston, and, and, and the other one who was with us, he lives in Goldsboro, and so geography kind of makes it difficult for us to get together. But it was such a gift to spend the day together, catching up, telling the same old stories. I mean, you know, if somebody leaves out a part, you can fill it in because you you've told them so many times to each other giving each other a hard time because that's kind of what guys do, right? And it was, it was good for my soul because friendship is holy and sacred and essential. It's essential. Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. And, and what is that command he gives us? It's, it's to love one another. That's, that's the command, which really means this. So to be friends with Jesus, it means we have to be friends with each other. That's really all that means. To be friends with Jesus, we must be friends with each other. Or how about if I frame it a different way and stay in we must be friends with each other. How about if I say it this way? We get to be friends with each other. That's what it means. When you slice it down and you simplify it, that's really what it means. We get to be friends with each other. We get to be friends with the people in the world that we meet. And in the process, we love them and we love God. We get to be friends. Amen.
Before we join together in prayer, I want to ask if, if Jim and Rachel could come up to the front for just a minute. I know I'm surprising them if, if they're catching them off guard just a little bit. They're going to be leaving in a, in a few minutes to travel to, uh, to, to D.C. to be, come on over this way if you don't mind, to be with um, their daughter Callie and her husband Jason as they uh, await the birth of, of a new baby. And uh, we want to send you away with a, a gift of friendship and, uh, and with a prayer. Um, so this is a love offering that the church has collected that we want you to take and to share that with Callie and Jason as a way to know that we extend friendship and love to them. Uh, I know this has been an exciting time and yet a, a time of anxiety. And so we just want to pray God's blessings upon you. If, if y'all step this way just a second, I'm gonna, so I can get to the microphone right here. And we're gonna pray for them. So let's pray together. Oh Lord, we ask that you be with Callie and Jason and the new life that she carries within. We pray that you would give peace, that you would remove any anxiety, and that you, would, that you would allow this new baby to be born into this world so that we might rejoice and celebrate with them later this week. We ask that you be with Jim and Rachel as they travel. May your safety and your love be with them now and always. We give thanks for them and for our friendship with them and for our shared life together. It's in Christ that we hope and trust and pray. Amen. We love you guys, and we'll be praying for you this week. And I know Jim kind of scared me this morning. He said, we're going to duck out of church a little bit early so we can get on the road because they've got about an eight-hour drive. And I was like, well, you can't leave before we share a little bit of this offering. So we love you all. We love you Thank you. We love our church. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks to all of you who helped contribute to that offering. We tried to do that secretly through an email, so if somebody did not get word about that and you want to, to give something, you can certainly do that. Just give it to the church office and, and write their name on it, and we'll make sure that it gets to them. So as we pray this morning, I want to invite you to begin this time of prayer with, with a time of silence to give thanks for those friends in your life who reflect God's love to you and God's presence and God's grace. So let's take a few moments and give thanks for these friends. Oh Lord, we are grateful for your love, for your mercy, 
for your majesty. For you are vast. You are mystery with an uppercase M. You're always beyond us. Beyond our full knowing and full understanding. And yet you have come to us in flesh and blood. And you have called us friends. And you have invited us to be friends of yours. We are humbled. And you have called us to love in such ways that we might be friends with all those we encounter. And we pray that that kind of love would be reflected in our living, that kind of love would be reflected in our worship, that kind of love be reflected throughout this world that is in deep need of friendship. It is too easy, O oh Lord, for us to be enemies with each other. There are too many things that divide us. May your love unite us. May your love bring hope and may your love bring healing. And may that hope and healing be especially with the ones that we now name aloud. And for those of you joining us online, if you have names to mention, you may do so now. Ann Blameyer and Jeff Dio. And now may we all join our voices together, those of you at home and those of you here, to pray in the way that Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Today's Advent practice is an opportunity for you to be a friend. When you get home this afternoon or this evening, bake some cookies, or maybe do what I would do. I would probably swing by the store and maybe buy something nice or something. Take something to someone as a gift. This isn't, this isn't to solve world hunger, by the way. That's not really the point of this. This doesn't need to be someone who's in need. This just needs somebody who needs a friend, whose soul is hungry for friendship. 
And don't, don't drop it by my house. Don't um, drop it by, you know, the person right beside you in the pew probably, right? But just, there's neighbors around you. Take a gift to them. Drop it off as a token of friendship. And know that as you do that, you not only give that gift, but you give the gift of God's love. Let's sing together now our hymn of response. Good Christian friends rejoice. been good to worship with you this morning. It is good to be friends, friends bound together in faith and in life. I am grateful for you. I'm also grateful for those of you who dropped off a crash or a nativity scene in the gathering space. If you haven't had a chance to look around in there, there's some, some really cool crashes in there. I hope you will. Also remember that our Christmas Eve service this year, it will be outdoors. We're going to do that, so I know that's not normal being outside, but we, we didn't feel really great about having 200 people packed in here singing Christmas carols. And we feel like out there, we can be really normal and sing as loud as we want to. And uh, Gay Johnson will be here to help. She'll play some, some hymns on the guitar, and it'll, it'll be a great time of worship. And if it rains like it did last year, and last year we knew like a week ahead of time, like the weather was like 100% chance of rain and it just kept getting worse, we do have a little rain date a couple of days ahead of time. So if it looks like that that's an inevitable event, we'll back it up because we really want to do that. We want to be together and to celebrate. That's enough announcements, I know. So it's been good to be here with you. Here's the benediction. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord, and as you go, remember who you are.
You are disciples of Jesus, our Lord and our brother, children of Almighty God, bound together as brothers and sisters through the Spirit. You are the very body of Christ. So may you go and be friends with everyone you meet. May you share God's love with this world in need, now and always. Amen.